0: Amen. How many of you believe that God can put that same blessing upon you? Praise God that He put upon that widow woman when she obeyed the word that God gave her. Praise God. And I know, Amen. You are you are far enough apart today. If you want to lower your mask for breathing, Amen. So that you be comfortable while you're seated. That's fine. Praise God. No one's around you, Amen. We have plenty of space. It's just whenever you, the, the, the guideline says, when you get within a space where you can't practice social distancing, and then to protect one another, you put your mask up. But as long as you're far enough apart, which you guys are, amen, you can be comfortable. Amen. So let's go into the word, amen, praise God. Let's go into the word today, yeah. amen, as we get ready to pray. And also, I want to say happy Father's Day to all of you in here today that are fathers. Praise God. Being a father, amen, is a humongous responsibility. Amen. Because the enemy will fight the man of the house because he is the protector of that house. He's the provider of that house. Praise God. And so, the enemy will do everything in his power to fight that man, amen, so that he can disrupt the balance of that whole household, but I'm praying a special blessing over all the fathers today. Praise God that God will keep every one of you. Amen. I pray that God will sustain you. I pray that God will keep you. I pray that God will watch over you. Amen. And that God's hand will give you wisdom for your families. That he will give you wisdom in your career so that you can provide for your kids. When your kids come to you and they need counsel and they're good to see y'all. When your kids come, amen, that God will put words in your mouth, amen, to to give them good sound instruction, amen, that they can draw on the wellspring of all of your experiences in life, amen. Because how many of you know talking is good, but talking from experience, it just has a little more meaning to it, praise God. So always be willing to share with your kids your experiences, amen, build them up. And, and what I try to do for my kids amen what, and what I'm working towards and I thank God for both of my kids amen Bree and Isaiah wonderful kids I love them to death amen my goal is to try to put them in a position to where they are not in, they don't have to struggle praise God in other words if they, if they gotta run a hundred yard dash I wanna put them at the fifty praise God I wanna do everything in my power <laughs> to make sure that they stand on my shoulders, amen, because each generation should stand on the shoulders of those that went before them, praise God, so I share wisdom with them, I share experience with them, I share anything that I can do to make their lives easier, amen, I'm going to do it, and you should have the same mind for your kids, amen, so let us pray as we get ready for the word of God, Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you so much for an opportunity to be in your house today. For God, there's literally no better place to be in the entire world. Outside of being present with you in heaven, God, the best place to a man can be is in the house of the Lord. God, and I thank you, oh God, that through this three-month absence, oh God, you kept us. God, you kept your hand upon us. God, you kept us strong. You kept us in God you washed over us you sustained us and Lord Jesus through this pandemic I can honestly say I understand now more than ever that we should focus day by day because worrying about tomorrow is unprofitable because we don't know what evil is going to befall us day to day but we do know God that you are an anchor that you are a rock God and you will keep us and sustain us who knew God that as 2020 turned the page, God, that we would be dealing with a pandemic. God, we read about these things in the Bible that these times would come. God, we read about things in history like the Spanish flu and things of that nature, God. The bubonic plague that hit Europe in the Middle Ages and all of these different things, God, that were on the pages of history books. God, and even in the 60s, God, the civil unrest that we read about, and things that happened in our country in the 1800s and early 1900s God, the the burning of Black Wall Street in Tulsa God, these are things that we read about God, but who knew oh God, that 2020 will cause us to revisit things that we only saw in history God, to revisit things that we only saw on videos in black and white God, who knew oh God, that we would be facing and living through such a time as this but God through the scriptures of truth God through the word of God God you begin to let us know God that God nation would be against nation and fathers and sons and mothers and daughters would be at odds with one another oh God and I thank you for the holy scriptures of truth and our wonderful Messiah that sat on a mountain and predicted these times I thank you Lord Jesus for being our prophet to let us know that these things would come and now Lord as the things that we read in scripture and the things that we saw in history as they are upon us and now we are living through these times keep us oh God God is not the time for our hearts to grow faint and God for our hands to grow weary oh God God but now is the time oh God to buckle down in our faith oh God for you have given us a hope that goes beyond the grave. You have given us a hope on God that goes beyond this life. God, you have given us a hope that goes beyond the coronavirus, the protest for injustice and equality. God, though that's vitally important, I pray for justice. God, I pray for equality. God, and give us wisdom on God to do our part. God, to make sure that we as a church, God, bless the church with wisdom to do her part. God as all humanity God deserves to be treated equally. God for you had not in your mind God superior races and inferior races when you made man but you say let us make man upon the face of the earth. God of one blood oh God God of one substance God we all come from the same place God from the dust of the earth And the breath that's in us only comes from one God, the creator of all. For it is the breath that you breathe in us, oh God. Hallelujah. God, that gave life to all humanity, oh God. God, we all have the same breath. God, and let America remember, God, in our founding moments. God, when she began the same, God, that all men are created equally. That all men were granted certain rights from their creator that they had the right to pursue liberty to not be in bondage of any form. God, we live in a country, God, where we have the freedom God, to pursue liberty from Satan himself God, liberty from injustice, God, liberty from inequality God, let America remember why you gave for the vision to be born Let her remember her roots oh God, God, let her remember how she fought to be free from the oppressive regime of those in England. God, and how she looked for a place where people could be free and be treated equal. Let her not forget, oh God, her birth and her genesis, oh God. Bring us back, oh God. Rid America of these evil spirits of racism and hatred. God, let her not re invoke and rebirth and awake those evil spirits again (laughs) let those spirits oh God not come back alive and be full force God bury them again oh God for God throughout the history of our country God God, there's been fighting for equality God there's freedom here but there's been oppression as well God remember America today God I lift her up before you God many people oh God God, all I know, God, I was born here, oh God, in 1977. But I know history, oh God. All of us, God, have different places of origins where our ancestors go. God, let America remember that all men are welcome in this country. God, as long as they're legal citizens of, of this country. And let nobody have to experience discrimination hatred, racism because of the way they look. Oh God, that is not your will. God, that is not your heart. God, and I know God, as you look down upon this country, God, even as you look down on the country of Sodom, God, and you look down upon the country of Gomorrah, God, you always know what's going on in every country, God. God, sometimes we forget, oh God, God, and we forget, God, that you don't sleep we forget God that you sit high and you look down low we forget oh God that you dispatch angels to watch over and to pay attention and the Bible says God that you go up and down throughout the earth to beholding the good and the evil of the sons of men but let us not forget oh God that there's a God in heaven and one day God no matter whether you're a king God a president God, a senator or a janitor, God, unemployed, homeless on the street, God, whether we're rich or whether we're poor and everywhere in between, there's a Creator above us all. But let us not be arrogant like Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, God, as Nebuchadnezzar looked out upon his kingdom, and he began to say, "God, that it was His hands, God, that accumulated these things." God, and as He spoke those words, you cut His kingdom down and you cut Him down. God, let us be humble before you, before you have to humble us. God, and for whatever reason, God, you have allowed these things to happen. And let your purpose be accomplished. God, and I also pray, that I pardon you, and I beseech upon your mercy, God, to be merciful to us, oh God. For you know what we're facing, oh God, the end of all things is soon to come. Let not your mercy forsake us, oh God let us get in a hurry let us make haste and prepare ourselves God so that when we come before you God God we're clean God God so that when we come before you God that we're upright to rid this country God to rid this country God God I know it seems dark and I know it seems bleak and I know many people think it's challenging and it can't happen but I trust in you God, help America, God. Help the leadership of America to get in contact with the preachers of America. Give them words to feed the people of God. God, so that we can be the lights of this world. God, and help us to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. God, for the saints of God have gone through many things similar to this. And there's reference in scripture of similar times. Help us to endure to the end, Lord Jesus. Touch every believer. Strengthen my brothers and sisters all over the globe. That they would hang on. And that they would be strong. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I bind every spirit. That would attempt to hinder the precious word. Of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let your word have free course today. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank all of you for coming out today. I know, bless the Lord, that many people are not ready to move back into public settings. Praise God. And definitely we thank God for giving you wisdom. Amen. To protect yourself, to protect your family. Amen. And to be smart. Amen. But we as a church, also, there are guidelines that were given to us, and we have been following them. Thank God, throughout all the temperature checks and things that we're doing, everyone has been fine. Amen. We have a wonderful distance between ourselves. Thank God for that. Amen. As we get ready for the word, amen, I just want to share with you something God put on my heart today about enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Can you give me just a little more up here, just for me, not the house, on the monitor? Amen. I thank God to be here today. Amen. And as I've been thinking about this and looking out it, amen, you know, I was sharing with another pastor today that, amen, that you can see, amen, that we're going to be dealing with this, amen, look like through, throughout the rest of this year for sure. Amen. And I thank God and that's why God put on my heart and do hardness as a good soldier, because, amen, 2020 has definitely been a year for ch- of challenges and a lot of things to endure. But God wants me to let you know it's not over yet, praise God. And, and this thing has not passed. Don't let your guard down. Still stay smart, stay vigilant. Amen. Being wise doesn't mean you're being afraid. Amen. But Christians get colds, Christians catch flus. Amen. And, but if we know these things and we know what guidelines and how to protect ourselves, amen, God gives us wisdom. Let us not, amen, just because everyone is doing what they feel free to do, amen, and you may have a government, the government's job, you know, that's a tough job. They're trying to figure out how to balance uh, health care and keep the economy afloat. And you've got to remember, there's human beings in government. And sometimes they may err on the side of where the money is. Amen. But you as a human being, being in the kingdom of God, it is your responsibility to secure yourself. Even as John was preaching, he said, save yourself from this untoward generation. So you've got to make sure that you're doing what you feel comfortable doing to protect yourself. Praise God. So God want me to let you know, amen, that we're going to be dealing with this Amen. Throughout the rest of this year. Amen. So when, when I talk about enduring hardness as a good soldier, don't think that because you see all of these things going out, just because people are saying, I'm going out and I'm going to do this and is my right, that by you saying that's my right, that didn't tell Corona to go away. <laughs> Corona didn't go away because people deciding that they're going to resume their normal activities. Amen. So you still got to be smart and say, okay, just because people are deciding they want to get out, they still have no vaccine for that. Amen. And they're still working through that. And I've been praying and you pray for doctors and you pray for the scientists that God will give them insight. Because if God gives a cure, if God gives a vaccine, listen to me. That's strictly out of the mercy of God. That's strictly out of his mercy. And the only thing that lets me know that there will be another side to corona, that it will pass. We don't know what it's going to look like. But according to the scriptures, the world or humanity won't end with a pandemic. That's not how God is going to destroy the world. If you know history back in about 100 years ago, you had the Spanish flu killed a lot of people. But then humanity got past it. It lasted like four years or so. Amen. When you go back into the medieval times the bubonic plague that was in Europe, amen, that killed a lot of people, but it passed. The scriptures did tell us that these things would come, but it did not say that that was the way the world was going to end. But the beautiful thing about where we are, we have the prophecies of Christ to let us know that these things would happen. And then we also have several events throughout history from the time he spoke to, to now to show us that what he spoke was true. So whenever we find ourselves in these times, we've got to allow the wisdom of God to govern us and guide us, praise God. So that's why you see us taking the precautions that we take, amen. But God has let me know, and many people know, there will be another side to this. And, and God, we're going to get past it, amen. How many of you know we're going to get past it? Amen. The Bible says that when you see the man of sin rise, now you know, okay, Christ is getting ready to come. But all of these things that we are doing right now, these are signs. These are things that are supposed to happen, praise God. Amen. So, let's go into the word of God and, and 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 lean on the wisdom of God to give us guidance on how to function. Let's go to Second Timothy, praise God. Let's just walk through. Second Timothy, we're going to go to chapter 2, praise God, verses 1 through 4. Second Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And it reads like this. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It says, and the things that thou has heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Verse 3 Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4 No man that wore it entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has called him to be a soldier. The beautiful thing about this passage of scriptures, he talks about the grace of God. How many of you know the grace of God is like an all-purpose agent that gives Christians the ability to be successful in any challenge that they're facing? Amen. Let me say that again. The grace of God, it gives Christians the ability to be successful successful in any challenge that they're facing. In other words, the grace of God, it mutates. The grace of God, it's the spirit of God. And it doesn't matter if you are trying to overcome a sin, if you are trying to overcome a temptation, if you are trying to overcome if there's something you need to learn, if there's something, that some insight that God wants to give you. The grace of God is what comes to you in that moment. And in that moment, the grace of God, it'll strengthen you, it'll teach you, it'll direct you, it'll keep you, amen. The grace of God, when you tap into the grace of God, that is the guarantee that whatever you're facing, you're going to get the victory over it, praise God. So Paul said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, what I also liked about this passage, he talked about a soldier, he mentioned it two times. When, the reason he brought up that soldier term Is because when you are getting ready for warfare, when you're getting ready for difficulties, I just told you according to the word of God, according to the spirit, that we're going to be dealing with these challenging times minimum, at minimum throughout the rest of this year. So what you are seeing now, you're going to be dealing with it for at least until we turn the calendar year. So how do you survive that? Number one, with the grace of God. Number two, embracing that that is a fact. Don't be naive and don't wish for things to be different. The key to enduring hard times is to admit that they are hard because you can't endure hard times while you're steadily in la-la land acting like we're not dealing with this reality. I don't care how many people going around acting like nothing's changed. Things have changed and we are dealing with an invisible beast. Praise God. And not only are we dealing with that, we're dealing with a lot of civil unrest. That's another challenge. And you're going to need the grace of God to help you keep your heart pure as you're dealing with these things of civil unrest. Just because, amen, you can, and let me give you some wisdom here. You can be sensitive to to your ethnicity and still be pure in heart. Paul, though he was out advancing the pure kingdom of God, and he was carrying a gospel that reached over ethnic lines, and he was going out there meeting people that was African, uh, Asian, he traveled throughout all of that known part of the world at that particular time, multiple times. But there was a time when he wrote that my heart's desire and prayer for Israel, he said, my kinsmen according to the flesh was that they may be saved. What Paul was saying is, even though I'm called to a gospel that ministers to everybody, I'm still mindful of the plight of my kinsmen according to the flesh. So as Christians, there's nothing wrong with you having a sensitivity to your ethnicity, but also you cannot let your heart be contaminated with the prejudices of this world. You're still called to be a Christian, though everybody has an ethnic background. And the scripture talks about how nation or ethnicity would be against ethnicity in this time. Well, we as Christians can't descend into racial battles. But we as Christians are called to transcend racial barriers, can show people of different ethnicities and different looks and different nose sizes and, and eye textures, things, hair structure, pigmentations. Christians are supposed to show the world. But This is how people that don't look the same still walk in love and harmony. That's why Christians are called the salt of the earth because it is up to us to show people that don't look like us what the love of God look like. Now, if you find yourself being overflooded flooded with uh, hatred and racial thoughts, then you got to go before God for the grace of God to clean your heart because at no point does God give you a clearance on allowance to, lock, to become prejudiced or racist, I don't care how, how much injustice you think you see, you still called above that. Christians are called above the lines that the world function in. Praise God. So what you gotta do as Christians make it your point to fellowship with people of other races, so that you can show the world this is how God wants people that don't look the same to get along. Because in Christ there is no black man, there is no white man, there is no Jew, there is no Greek. What I love about the word of God is that in the word of God there's always references to things you deal with. How many of you know Peter was battling racism? Y'all didn't know that? Peter being a Jew, he didn't even want the gospel going to the Gentiles. Jewish background, that's an ethnicity. That was his race. That was his nationality. And he was proud of that. And he didn't want the gospel. He, had a, he battled many, many years of his salvation dealing with the gospel moving into people that wasn't of his race. And because they had the word of God or the laws of God, it made them feel like they were superior to everybody else. Because y'all thought racial superiority just came about when people came to the U.S.? The Jews were walking in a racial superiority mindset, and God began to let them know, if we're going to carry this gospel throughout the world, you can't see your race superior to anybody's race. Peter thought they were so good, he didn't even want to eat with other Gentiles, y'all. That's racism. Paul had to stand up to him, being of the same race as him, and Paul had to stand up to him and say, Peter, you are to blame. You can't be. How are you going to be an apostle and you racist? If you find anybody in the Christian community that they got a title of apostle or pastor or prophet, I don't care where they at in the world. If they're pushing anything along racial lines, But they need to be corrected because no leader in the church of God, nowhere to be promoting one race superior to another. Because if you promote race over race, you have not been given that message by God. But that's something that originated in your heart because God has torn down all racial lines in the body of Christ. There are no racial lines in the body of Christ. There is no such thing as a spirit-filled black church only where white Christians aren't welcome. But there is no thing as uh, I remember reading about the Azusa Street. How many of you ever heard of Azusa Street? See, this racist, hateful spirit, it travels. It's a deep spirit that travels from generation to generation. Here we are in the early turn of the century. God sends a wonderful revival to the United States of America. And God, there's miracles going on. There's signs and wonders, all kind of things going on. And um, <laughs> this man of God go out there in California, amen, and it's such a move of God, it attracts all kind of races <laughs> coming to that move. Well, guess what? It was a spirit-filled revival. The spirit of God is there. That's what humans did. Humans started to divide that great move of God based On race. Now, how can you take the spirit of God and carry it to a denomination for only blacks or only whites? Y'all, you gotta do some research. Some of these denominations came out of that move, that charismatic move, but then after all of the dust of the revival settled, but then they looked around and they say, well, I only want to enjoy the Holy Ghost with people that look like me. God forbid. You cannot take a move of God and minimize it and keep it within one race. You can't do that. So any denomination that's excluding people that don't look like them, that is not of God. The spirit of God didn't lead no human to separate the body of Christ based on race. Can I get an amen? Amen. The spirit of God will never lead people to, and not will, not only will it divide, but the spirit of God will never lead somebody to divide based on where you go to church and things of that nature because the scripture talks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the body, to keep the body united, praise God. That's what the apostle Paul taught. And he used that word endeavoring. You know what that word endeavoring means? That means it takes a lot of effort to keep human beings together. Because human beings have egos. It it takes a lot of work just to keep a family together, praise God. Much less multiple people, praise God. The spirit of God will never lead you to divide. So here's Paul saying these terms. He say, endure hardness as a good soldier. So this is the word of the Lord. We're going to be dealing with this situation throughout minimum throughout the rest of this year. So govern yourself accordingly. Don't be foolish and think that you can let your guards down. Amen. Because we're still we're in the ma- in, in the midst of a major shift in this country. Praise God. Our country is shifting. Amen. And some people don't pay attention, but our country is shifting. There's some things that were tolerated that's not tolerated anymore. And that's good. Praise God. And that's good. And every now and then you see major. Sh- Uh, bodies of society go through major shifts, and God is trying to get the attention of our country. Praise God. And he's doing it. How many of you can agree with that? But we're going to be dealing with this and church is going to look a little different. Amen. Throughout at least the rest of this year. So you need to buckle down in your salvation and make up in your mind that I don't. it don't matter to me what church looks like, what America's doing, what my coworkers are doing. I'm going to hold on to my faith in Christ, and when I come out on the other side of this, I'm still going to be walking in the Lord. But know this, that you're going to be dealing with this hardness, and you've got to govern yourself with the mind of a soldier, because it's going to be challenging to come out of this pure, praise God. Amen. I don't want to lie to you. I don't want you to think things are just going to be so easy and you come out of this without feeling impact, without feeling blows, without getting bruised. Amen. But you've got to learn how to get through hard times. How many of you know in the early church? Can you imagine? All we did, think about this. All we did since March, we were able to have church online. Now think about this, what the early founding church went through. These people were coming to church. Let's just say they were coming to church in March and this man walked in the church and he started grabbing you out of your pews and bringing you to the Lafayette parish jail on simply because you was in church serving Christ. That's what Paul was doing. He was going in people's houses that saying they were believers. He was going everywhere people were gathering, and they were going out leading a charge to grab people out of their houses while they were doing Bible study, while they were having church. Can you imagine, Josh, you standing up here singing your song, and a man or the police walking church? <laughs> Why you got the mic in your hand and all you saying is write it on the tables of my heart. Your intentions are pure. Your heart is in the right place. And they grab you and you go through police brutality simply because you just standing in church praising God. And the church was dismantled and the saints started running to other cities. We didn't even have to do that. We had to maneuver to online service for three months. And a lot of people haven't been able to endure that. And these people, were gone. some of them were killed for that. None of us had to resist the blood. We All we had to do was stay out of the way of corona. No physical damage. Nobody come and our lives. We just were not able to gather for 90 days, praise God. We got to get stronger as Christians in America because America gives you a lot of freedoms and liberties. And what happens with that is it also presents a lot of opportunities for you to get involved in various sins. Sin can be, He told Cain, he said, if you don't stay on top of your game, sin lies at the door. And so it is in America. If you let your guards down in this country, you can find sin anywhere. Praise God. And more so when you can't gather in church like you're accustomed to, praise God. So you got to ask God to give you the right mentality to be able to endure these times and to keep your family and keep you healthy and keep you strong, praise God, so that you can endure this time until we can get to this next season. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. So let's go here. So he said, endure hardness. As a good soldier, now let's go over here to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Book of Romans, chapter 8. And I just want to deposit this in your mind, praise God, because you're gonna need this to attitude. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Praise God. Praise God. Verse 35, who shall, be able, <clears throat> who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, notice what Paul said, and I want you to catch this. He didn't say what, because what connotates a noun. A noun is a person, place, or thing. It's an object. It's something you can touch. He didn't say What? He said, who? Who is referencing something that's alive? Okay? Now, look at the irony here. He said, who? But then he started to name situations that you face. What he was trying to say is, whenever you start facing these different things, as I go through the list, he said, the things that you face have a way of taking on a life of its own. Everything, every trial you face there's mind battles that you're going to go through. Every trial that you face, there's emotional turmoil that you're going to feel. So the reason he said who was because he was trying to let you know when you get in a tribulation, there's voices that the enemy is going to speak to you, and there's emotions from your flesh that your flesh is going to give you. So he said, shall tribulation. How many of you know 2020 has been a year of tribulation? Do you know what tribulation means? tribulation simply means hardship. It means you're battling temptation. It means you're battling adversity. That's what tribulation means. And what he's saying is the tribulations that you're dealing with is going to battle your mind. Sometimes it's going to make you question, is God even paying attention? Does God even know what's going on? Does God even... You don't believe that? Even the apostle Peter in his apostolic training, and all of those men of God, when they were riding on a boat, facing the tribulation of that storm, they say, Lord, do you even care that we perish? You're going to wonder those things sometimes. When you're in tribulations, you're going to wonder, does God even pay attention? Does, of course God pays attention. Of course God knows, but God doesn't Blank your mind so that your mind doesn't raise and he doesn't make your emotions go away. You're going to feel all of these things as you face in tribulations. Praise God. How many of you ever felt anxiety this year in 2020? I'm going to go on and raise my hand. You know why? Because Jesus did. You can't be proud and say, I'm just going through this and it don't bother me. When Jesus himself was in the garden and the angel had to come strengthen him. But the only way you can find peace in God is when you go before God and admit that, God, I'm not going to let this tribulation separate me from your love, but I do feel the effects of it. It is bothering me. See, you don't have to go before God like you're not being affected by the things that you see on TV. But you've got to be honest and say, God, I'm, I'm anxious. God, I'm, I'm concerned. God, I'm, and then through that, then God can send an angel to come and comfort you, praise God. But if you're not honest that what you're facing is bothering you, then you can't get the strength and the true peace that comes from the grace of God. Praise God. He said, or distress, or persecution, or famine. I think about the term famine because right now in the U.S., our unemployment rate through this, it shot up. And the government, in an attempt to help the citizens, started sending out stimulus checks. And I pray to God, amen, because I know a grown person, $1,200 one time in three months. Really, how far can that go? And you got to be thankful for whatever you get. (laughs) But the reason I'm saying that is because the government can only do so much. When you're going and you're dealing with famines, you got to trust in God. God. How many of you know the people of God dealt with famines? You have a government that you live in, of course, in the United States. But the ultimate government that you live in is the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, he will make sure that the needs of his people are met. But just because you're facing a famine and the famine starts to bother you and you start to wonder where your provision is coming from, you've got to learn how to go to God in the midst of your famine. See, a lot of people let their famines make their faith shake. And a lot of people, when they don't have much, then they start to question, is it worth being a Christian? Instead of going before God, how many of you know Christian people through our scripture dealt with famines? See, this is what I learned. Whenever I was young in God and whenever I was a young man, this is, what I, this is how I live. I would make a lot of money and I would spend a lot of money. And though the Bible teaches you to save, and though the Bible teaches you to prepare for the future, and though the Bible lets you know that famines and things of that nature would happen. I was a young man. I had never had experience with those type of things. So when 2008 came, how many of you remember 2008, the Great Recession? How many of you remember that? See, some of them didn't even raise their hand. They were so young, all they knew was that mom and dad made sure there was things in the refrigerator. See? Some of you, if you were in your 20s, you were probably 8 to 10 years old in 08. But now, this one right here, this may be your first time dealing with this. But this is is the second time I've seen something like this. So, what I learned in the first time is, if you are living a good life, don't think it's always going to be like that because things can change. God told Joseph all the way back in Genesis. He said, Joseph... There's going to be seven years of plenty, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. He said, and Joseph was a godly man. But look at the wisdom God gave Joseph. He said, take 20% of what you're making in your good times and find you a special place to put it. And he said, when the famine comes, you're going to be sustained and you're going to be able to help other people. You can't spend everything you make when times are good. Can I get an Amen. So, if God is blessing you, then make sure you got a stash somewhere because when things are not so good, then you're going to be able to survive. And not only will you be able to survive, you'll be able to help other people. But don't let tribulations, distresses, persecutions, or famines, neckiness, peril, things it like is, make you question your faith. Just because you're facing these things as a Christian, God is going to get you through these things. But don't let these things make you question your faith in God. Praise God. So that's the attitude that you need when you're dealing with hardness. Verse 36 says this. Paul said, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He said, but in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Look at what he's saying. Even this situation that we're finding ourselves right now, God can still cause us to conquer this thing that we're facing. But we can't be foolish like we're not facing something, praise God. Do you know how different that is when you're ending church and everybody can't gather together and have altar calls like we're accustomed to? That's, that's unique. That's something that we never experienced. But I saw God last week meeting people right where they were. Meaning that God knows that we're dealing with things different, but God himself can adjust. That's why he said it doesn't matter what God faced, God can find a way through his infinite wisdom to still find a way to come out on top. God will meet you through the stream. God will meet you in your living room. How many of you know when that man came to Jesus and he was looking for healing for his son? He said, you don't even have to come in my house. He said, but speak the word only. And when he spoke the word, that word left Jesus' mouth. That angel carried and that angel had to go perform what Jesus spoke. Amen. So I believe that people are going to have testimonies of miracles and being filled with the spirit of God without even have to come into the church doors. Praise God. God can do it. He said, but in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that love us. Look what he says, praise God. He say, now this is the mind that you're going to need to endure this hard time that we're facing. He say, for I am persuaded. How many of you are persuaded that on the other side of Corona and on the other side of this civil unrest and on the other side of this shift? And this change that our country is going through, that you are still going to be a Christian lifting up the name of Christ everywhere you go. Anybody persuaded that they're still going to have their faith in Christ when we get to the other side of this thing? Praise God. Paul say, I am persuaded that neither life or death, angels, principalities, powers, things present. The reason why he said things present, let me tell you why he said that. In 2008, that thing was present. Twelve years later, he also used the term, nor things to come. In 2008, if I would have read that, I would have said things present. And also, twelve years later, something else has come. And guess what? I'm still holding on to my faith in Christ. I held on to my faith in 2008, and in 2020, 12 years later, I'm still walking with my same faith that I had in Christ. And who knows what's going to come in 2025? I don't know what's going to come in 2025, but this has humbled me to the point to where you don't even know when a sign that Jesus spoke is going to come to pass at your front door. You don't know. You, You used to see it happening overseas, and you used to see it happening in other places. Here it is. I've seen the Great Recession, a contracting of the economy that almost brought us back to the Great Depression, which I only read in history books. Praise God. I only saw images and photographs and black and white and things on the History Channel. And then we almost visited that again in 2008. And here we come to 2020, 12 years later, you see the stock markets and all of these things crashing again. The only thing that, that's consistent throughout all of the ebbs and flows of life is the anchor that you have, which is Jesus Christ. Anything and everything is subject to change other than the immovable, unchangeable kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? Look what he said. Nor things to come. He said no height nor death, nor any other creature Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Here's Paul saying, I literally have no idea what I'm going to face as a Christian. Sometimes Paul found himself on a land. Now, I want y'all to think about this. The man was traveling doing the will of God, and a storm arose in the sea as he was traveling doing the will of God. And the Bible says that the boat capsized and it went shipwrecked, And they say the people were laying out in the middle of the ocean hanging on the boards. He said they saw not the sun for many days. Wherever they were, it was pitch black for many days. So that also means that it was cold. But the proof of that, when they came off the boat, when they got to land... The Bible say they made a fire and they started warming themselves. So for many days they didn't see the sun and they had no idea when it would change. But guess what happened to them while they were on the ocean? The scripture says an angel visited Paul on the ocean and told him not one person that with you is going to be lost because I still have an assignment for you to complete. Think about that. It doesn't matter what you face. And here's another reality. You literally don't know what you're going to face. The only thing you can do is have it in your mind that no matter what I face, I am going to still hold on to my faith in Christ. The only thing you can control is whether you stay saved. What comes upon you, you literally have no clue. The apostle James said it like this. He said, life is like a vapor. He said, who knows what tomorrow is going to hold? I remember my grandmother used to say this, and I never understood it because I was a young boy, and when you're young, you feel immortal like you're never going to die. But my grandmother had lived a while, and we used to say, oh, yeah, we're going to be there tomorrow. My grandmother would put a pause, and she'd say, no, don't say that. She'd say, if it's the Lord's will, you're going to be there tomorrow. And as I've gotten older, now I understand why my grandmother would say that because so many unpredictable things can happen. You don't know what tomorrow holds, praise God. Oh my God, I hope I'm helping somebody today. So don't let all of the ebbs and flows and the changes of life that come cause you to back away from your faith in Christ. Because think about it. A lot of our brothers and sisters in scripture that you read about their accounts We still don't have it as hard as they did. I mean, think about it. Some of those apostles were beheaded. Peter, according to history, hung upside down. John the apostle put on the island, exiled, dipped in oil, the only reason they put him on the island because according to history, they dipped him in boiling oil and he didn't die. The only reason that oil didn't kill him is because God wasn't finished with him yet. So when they saw him come out of the oil, they sent him on an island to die. But even that was strategic because in that situation, God sent him the book of Revelation. That's what visited John on the island whenever humanity left him to die. An angel. See that? Let's go over here to, this, to the book of Job. Let me just read a few scriptures here for you, praise God. Look over here in the book of Job, chapter one. And it's just a certain attitude and a mindset that I want you to take from this sermon today. Amen. Having the right mind, the right mentality, because without it, you won't make it. You won't last, praise God. You won't endure hardness. Amen. Job, let's go to the first chapter, verses 1 to 5. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man, and we've heard this many times, and that man was perfect. And he was upright, <laughs> saints of God. Perfect means he was mature in his walk with God. There was nothing in his life he was trying to hold on to, he was mature. He was a seasoned man, many experiences throughout the Bible. Do you read about how he distributed his wealth? He was generous. He sat in the gates. He, he gave a lot of wisdom. He, he sheltered the people that didn't have places to live. He was a great businessman. He was smart. All of his affairs was intact, and he was actually in position to leave an inheritance for his children. According to how we're supposed to live, when we get to the completion of life, Job had reached perfection. He had no sin in his life. His money was right. He was generous. His business was prosperous. Anything that you can set as a goal in life as far as loving God and having your family future secure Job accomplished it. The scriptures say he was perfect meaning he obeyed God and everything and he had all of his affairs in line and he was upright. The Bible says he feared God and eschewed evil, praise God. He mastered life and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters wealthy with a beautiful family, ten kids and his substance also was 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels. 500 yoke of oxen, 500 shiasses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest man in all of the East. My God, this man was the wealthiest businessman in that part of the world. What more can somebody ask for, praise God? But this goes to show you the limitations of a human. It was nowhere in his cognizant mind that he could discern that his God and the demonic spirit were having a conversation about his life. There was literally no way that Job could calculate that God and the devil was having a conversation about what was getting ready to happen to him. And it just goes to show you at the limitations of a human. You can do everything in your power to make sure everything that you can control is intact, but the reality is there's powers higher than you that can disrupt your life at any time. It's similar to you going to step on an ant pile. You ever saw these ants, how they go and they spend all of this time carrying materials bigger than their body weight and they build these mounds for their family? And a human just come by that's stronger, that's superior strength and just look at the pile and just out of pure, just because they can, they just dump on the pile. And all of the time and the labor that it took those ants to secure this home for their families and get their lift. Even the scriptures bragged on the ant to say how wise they were that in the summertime they lay up for the wintertime. So the ant literally did everything in its power to secure their family life. And here comes a human being one day and just, and all of a sudden you see those ants scrambling all over the place. And they're like, I worked all of this time to get this prepared. And then guess what? After the ants get through the emotional turmoil that all of what they built is lost, they assess the damage and guess what they do? They go back to work and start building again. See, that's why Solomon referenced the ant, because the ant can take hardships and they can take their hard work being stepped on. And then they don't know no other attitude but to go back to work and rebuild. You'll come back in a week or two later and you'll see that they move the pile because they may be thinking, okay, well, maybe we just put it in the wrong spot. Maybe if we go around the house where there's less activity, then maybe we can be more secure this time. But that's just wisdom living in them. So should you be as a human? If you suffered any kind of loss through this through this catastrophe, and don't that don't mean you get depressed, and that don't mean you give up, and that don't mean you throw in the towel. You just take the lessons that you learn from these hard times, and when you start rebuilding your life, build it different next time. But don't get down and stop building, praise God. Oh, my God, I hope I'm helping somebody. So Job literally had no idea what was getting ready to happen. And it says, and his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone on his day. And he sent and called for his three sisters to eat and drink. And it was so when the days of their feasting were going about that Job sinned and sanctified them. And he rose up early in the morning, and he offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that the sons have sinned, my sons, and cursed God in their hearts. This did Job continually. What a good father. (laughs) He know he did everything he could to raise his children the right way, but he never stopped praying for them. (laughs) He didn't. He say, I don't know if my son going to get connected with a bad crowd. I don't know if my daughter's going to get connected with the wrong girls. He said, but I'm going to make sure that I keep myself in the house of God so that I can keep the covering and the mercy of God upon my children. Sometimes my son don't even know that I'm praying that God keep him covered. Amen. Come in if you know you can go before God for your children? You can raise them in church and you can teach them the ways of God, but when they become an adult, you literally have no idea which way they're going to go. But that don't mean you turn on your kids. You constantly keep them up before God because as a parent you cover them, praise God. And your door is always open, just like Job's door was for his kids. The verse 13 says this. And there was a day, so after God and Satan is conversing about God, about Job's life, <laughs> after this conversation, look what happens in verse 13. And there was a day when the sons of God, when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Look at this. He raised his kids right. Not an older brother throwing a party. (laughs) Job sacrificing, living for God, and his children want to be in the world. He said, and there came a messenger unto Job. And said, the ox were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. He says, verse 15, and the Sabians fell on them, and took them away. Yet yeah, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. He said, and I'm the only one left so I can give you this bad news. How I many of you know it's look like every time you turn the TV on, all you're seeing is, bad news, another person got shot, beat up, fire over here, more cases. This is how it was in Job. He was living for God, and all he kept getting was bad news and bad news. It says, verse 16 says this, while he was yet speaking, there came another also. The fire of God is falling from heaven, and has burned the sheep, the servants, and consumed them. And I'm the only one that can tell you. And while he was talking, while he was talking, praise God, he says, the Chaldeans came, three bands, fell on the camels, carried them away, then slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped to tell you, Lord, have mercy. But while he was speaking, another one came. Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and there came a great wind from the wilderness, and it smote the four corners of the house, Then it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I'm the only one left to tell you, hallelujah, Lord. Look at what the man of God said. After his business was impacted, because the man was in cattle, after his, all of his business was impacted, then his family got hit, Job had made up in his mind already before all of this happened that I am a worshiper of God and it does not matter what life throws my way. I am going to hold on to being a worshiper of God. Look what he began to say. Job arose after he got all of this bad news. Praise God. He rent his mantle. Hallelujah. And he shaved his head. And that was signifying. That Job was in the basis of positions. He said, and he fell on the ground. Hallelujah, Lord. And he worshiped. And he said these words. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return there. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not. Nor did he charge God foolishly. Praise God. Are you going to let the hardness affect your worship? Are you going to let the things that you're facing cause you to hold your worship back from God? None of you have called me and said, Pastor, I lost a child. None of you have called me and said, Pastor, I've lost my income. Nobody from here has called me and told me anything remotely close to what Job dealt with. So how can Joe maintain his worship and you allow the things that you are facing in 2020 to choke your worship out? It does not matter if we have to resort to just going back to having church online until we get past it. You should still be a worshiper of God. If you're going to let the things that you face impact your worship, then you have to seriously question how much you love God. Because if you really love God, you're not going to let a temporary breach in the way we worship stop you from worshiping. You can't connect your worship to being able to come to church. True worshipers worship in the bedroom. True worshipers worship in the car. True worship worship on their job when they can only get five minutes to sneak away in the bathroom and put on that song and just lift up a praise to God. When you a true worshiper, you don't have to wait till you get to church to worship God. True worshipers don't need a praise team to prime them up. Because a praise team is just a participant in your worship. But true worshipers enter into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. A true worshiper don't need the energy of a praise team to get them going. That's like somebody needing a crowd to shoot basketball. If you need a crowd to shoot basketball, then you're not a real hoophead. Because a real hoophead head that loved the game so much, they don't go to the park by themselves. And just for the love of the game, they could spend two, three hours just working on their craft. Want to know how I know? Because that was me. I didn't need to wait for everybody to come to the park for me to say. When I was a teenager, everybody knew. You can ask my brother. My basketball had a name. You know why? Because I loved the game. I slept with it my idol. <laughs> See? So, when you love God, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It don't matter. It don't matter. Your mind is already made up that it doesn't matter what it looked like. I am a worshiper. Look what Job said. Job said, I am a worshiper. Because you say you can affect my business, you can affect my income, you can affect my family, but you're not going to affect my worship. Because you say my worship is not going to change. He say I am not a conditional worshiper, I am a real worshiper. A real worshiper thrives in times of adversity. Because in times of adversity, that's when you're closer to God. And that's when God is closest to you. True worshiper. Job was a true worshiper. See, if you are letting what you're dealing with impact your energy level when you come to the house of God, then you got to say, am I really a true worshiper? Y'all, I don't wait till I get to church to enter into the presence of God. The presence of God is mobile. The presence of God can be wherever I am. And I literally love being in church. Like, I... It's the most peaceful place in the world for me. But I don't wait till I get here to be a worshiper. I don't wait to get to work to worship, to, to church to worship. The Worship is sacred. When the harder life gets, the more you should worship. I said the harder life gets, the more you should worship. Worship when you don't know what's going on. Job didn't even know what was, why this was happening, but he knew. Even though I don't have an explanation yet of why God is allowing this to happen, I'm still going to worship. See, some people can't worship unless they know why everything is happening. No, man. Job had no clue that God and the devil was talking about his life. But what he did know is that I'm still going to worship. He worshiped with no answers. Can you worship with no answers and no explanation? Can you worship with no answer? Because what that signifies is that, God, I trust you. God, even though I can't explain it, I trust that you have it in control. Oh, my God. I trust that you have it under control. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 7 to 10. So went Satan foot from the presence of the Lord. Now here's now let me show y'all Satan is. Satan wants to kick you when you're down. The man had already lost children, he lost money, he lost income, and here the devil come wanna pile it on even more. Come in if you ever felt like I'm already going through hard times and now I gotta deal with this too. So Satan is not merciful. He's not merciful. He's not going to let up because you're facing difficult times, praise God. But if it was up to him, he would pile it on and pile it on and pile it on. Look what happened in verse 10. So when Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, he smote Job with sore balls from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, sometimes the closest people to you can be the source of a satanic attack. (laughs) You would think that in times of difficulty, this is the person that you need to tell you it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. But she, she, she stood with him through that first wave. But when that second wave hit, she said, oh, no, I can't go through this no more she said, curse God. Look what she asked him first. She said, do you still retain your integrity? Integrity means you're not changing the way you are. She said, curse God and die. But he said to her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaking. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? Then shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job, in all this, did not Job sin with his lips. So even in the midst of all of this, Job still didn't utter perverse things against God. And as you continue reading the story of Job, Job uttered these words. He said, though you slay me, yet I'm going to trust you. What Job was saying was, I know that nothing could happen to me except you allow it and the adversity that i'm facing is only because you let it be slow he said and though you slay me and i don't understand it i'm still trusting that some kind of way you're going to bring me through this and then the scripture said this as you move to the end of the book the scripture says god spoke to Job, and they say "Job." I'm going to turn your captivity, or in other words, I'm going to release you from this season that you're going through. God hasn't released the captivity of that corona, this chokehold that corona has on society just yet. But one day, God is going to release the captivity of humanity from the chokehold that the corona has on it. But until he does, then we're going to have to trust him. And we can't say anything foolish. We can't say anything out of the way, but we're going to have to trust that God know what he's doing. And we're going to have to trust him until God releases the captivity of Corona on mankind. We're going to maintain our integrity. We're not going to fall back. We're not going to let anything stop us from being a true worshiper. But for right now, Corona has a captivity on mankind. And when God decides to move it, then he's going to release it. When God decides to move it, when God gives the wisdom for a vaccine, when God releases the cure, only God can do that. People of God, listen to me. Nothing comes in the earth realm without God knowing about it. Praise God. So until God releases that, we have to maintain the attitude of Job. we got to say, God, I'm going to trust you. That you have this in control, keep me and my family, keep us, and help us get to the other side. Because listen to me, I'm telling you today, but there is going to be another side of Corona. Oh my God! It's going to be another side. Let's go to the end of Job. Look at this in chapter, the last verse, last chapter, as we get ready to close this sermon up. There is going to be a close. But for right now, God, the corona has a captivity. And I want you all to listen to because there's a prophetic undertone to what I'm telling you today. I want you all to catch it. What God put up on my heart is that this season is not over. And he wanted you to know that there's still yet some time to endure this hardness. And he wanted to deposit in you a mindset that you're not going to let these hard times separate you. And until God releases the captivity of this thing, he wants you to maintain your integrity and maintain your worship. Y'all got that? Maintain your integrity. Don't let these hard times change you. Don't let these hard times cause you to go back in the world. Don't let these hard times make you question your faith. Hold on to your faith until God releases humanity from this captivity of this virus. Oh, my God. And when you're speaking things, you can't, get, you can't be arrogant and add because I'm only speaking to you what God put in my spirit. I'm not going to add and say he's going to do it in next week. I saw one pastor get up and he said, we blowing it away and it got worse. You can't just speak things that God didn't tell you to speak. The man stood up in a pulpit, millions of people watching. He said, Corona, we blowing you away and it starts spiking. Now, how many people are gonna go back and check them and say, I thought we blew it away? People won't do that because they're gonna let the name of this person keep them in a position where they don't realize they gotta fact check that. Look what the Bible says. They say, let the prophet speak, but let another judge. No human being in the earth realm can speak something without it being judged. Can somebody speak something? then you got to judge it to make sure that God is the originator of. It. How do you know? If it come to pass, then God spoke it. So, Corona has not been blown away yet. That just simply means God didn't speak it. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Let the prophet speak, but then let another judge. That's your responsibility. Your responsibility as the Christian community, it's the is to judge what's being spoken to you. Even Paul, when he found himself over there, I think it was in Berea. He came out there as an apostle, eloquent, speaking the word of God, understood the mystery of the faith according to the portion that was given to him. When he came across those people, they say, Paul, I've heard literally everything you had to say. But we'll be back tomorrow to let you know if we believe you. So what they did, they took what Paul spoke, and they gathered amongst themselves, and they broke down all of their notes. And then they came back, and they said, you spoke the truth. See, you can't release your amen. You can't release your agreement until you judge it. The baby Christians are tossed. See, the scriptures even let you know what level you on. He said that you be no more children tossed to and fro. See, if you let everything you hear toss your mind and toss your emotions and rattle your faith, because then you're at the baby child level in Christianity. But a mature Christian is going to take everything that they hear and they're going to compare it to scriptures. And then they'll release an amen. It may take you a week before you give an amen. Can we be responsible like that? Huh? Can you be that responsible? The scriptures say, let the prophets speak." If somebody feel like God has given them something to speak, let them speak. But don't you say amen just because that's your friend. But don't you say amen just because Pastor LJ said it. You go back and you compare it to that word and then you say, okay, that's in the Bible. Amen. That's how mature Christians, that's how they, even when Paul came in Berea, that's what they did. And then Paul, the scriptures testified and it said, the people of Berea were noble. See, noble means respectable. See, when you want to be a a mature Christian, you got to fact check everything you hear, praise God. Oh my God, I hope I'm helping the body of Christ today. All right, so look what happened over here as we get ready to close. Look what happened. Now, I'm telling you, God didn't speak and say it's going to end in three months. He didn't tell me that. and He didn't tell me it's going to end in six months. He didn't tell me that. I'm just giving you the portion of what he put on my heart, that this, this captivity is still on society, and when he get ready to release it, he will. Whatever his objective is, whatever his purpose is for it, He's sovereign. He created this world. He can chastise it and discipline it whenever he get ready. But our job as believers, I won't even say our job. Our posture and attitude is though you slay me, yet I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to charge you foolishly. I'm going to believe that you know what you're doing. I'm going to believe that you know why this has come. I'm going to believe that all things work together for good for them that love God. I'm going to believe that this civil unrest that's going on in America, there's going to be some good that come out of it. Why is there going to be some good? Because the Bible says that all things work together for good for them that love God. (laughs) Think about it. If you got a sickness in your body, how many times you sicknesses were discovered in your body because you had an accident doing something else? You could have had a sickness in your body just there and you didn't even know. But you hit your foot on something. And because you hit your foot on something, you go to the doctor, and they start running tests and checking your vitals, and they discover, hey, we need to run more tests. America needed some more tests run on it because a lot of people were saying that she's past racism, because she's past this and she's passed that. But God said, oh, no, there's an undertone of hatred in there, and I need something to disrupt this. I need to get this infection out. I need to get the pus out of this country. And the only way I can get to the bottom of this and get under this surface I need something to disrupt it so I can bring to the forefront what's really underneath the surface. See, we had a, a brutality occurred, but then it caused a disruption all over the world. People protesting injustice. God saw the, pro- God saw the hearts of men were still not loving one another, and He used this situation to bring to light. The deep-seated hatred that's still living in this creature. And he's purging it. God is attempting to purge these spirits out. And he want to use the church to have a... So in this season, as God has allowed this to come upon the earth, but then we've got to be wise until it passes. It's going to pass, y'all. I know it's going to pass because the scriptures didn't say a pandemic would end the world. If the scriptures would have said a virus would end the world, then we could say that. But the scriptures didn't say that. The scriptures said that when a man of sin comes, then you're going to see Christ coming after that. That's what the Bible says. Praise God. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's go to the end of this. That sounds good, my brother. Get, We're getting ready to go as we get ready look at the last chapter verse 10 and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends look, look at that scripture y'all catch that little passage before the colon how many of you know God is in control <laughs> I say how many of you know God is in control <laughs> how many of you know that God still rules in the kingdom of men How many of you know God has control over coronavirus? Just like he had control over the bird flu, just like he had control over the Spanish flu, just like he had control over the bubonic plague, just like he had control. Y'all think about this. Let me show you how wonderful God is. People were talking about how the hurricane season was getting ready to be very aggressive because it was hot and a tropical storm popped up and came kind of early we were already dealing with corona we were already dealing with protests and then a tropical storm came and God saw that the, the earth was he saw that the seas and the water was stirring up to be very very active all of a sudden they had a dust rise up out of Africa hallelujah lord and this dust start traveling over the waters where the hurricanes (laughs) brew and it talks about one of the, the dynamics of the dust was it cools the water down so that hurricanes don't form you tell me God don't know what's going on in the earth realm God let this dust rise up off of the coast of West Africa and come across and start to cool that water down because he saw in his mercy that humanity in America was already suffering enough hallelujah Lord I never even heard of that dust storm coming I never heard of nothing like that in my life and people just looking at it like a phenomenon I automatically thought man look at God and he didn't tell me he was getting ready to bring a dust storm but when I saw it I knew I said man God is so good the Bible says he's rich in mercy God is the one that cooled that ocean off. I say God is the one that cooled that ocean off for a season. How many of you know God still loves humanity? The scriptures say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Praise God. That's why we need to be, stay worshipers. Because even when we don't know what he's doing, even when we don't even understand all of the phenomenon that we face, he's still in control. Hallelujah, we serve an awesome God. I mean, who ever heard of a dust storm, Josh, coming and cool the ocean down? Who ever heard of such a thing? A dust storm. A dust storm. Y'all, the Bible say he has his way in the whirlwind. I say the Bible say he has his way in the whirlwind. We may look at it and think, amen, that these things just happen and it's hurricane season. And I've learned something about God and his humility. God don't even like to take credit for things. He's meek and he's lowly and he can cause things to happen. And a lot of times people charge it to science, they charge it to weather patterns. But the whole time it's the sovereign hand of God controlling everything that happened. There's proof of that. Somebody say proving. When Joshua prayed, God stopped the sun and in stopping the sun he stopped all the negative effects of what normally would happen when the sun stopped moving he stopped the sun and he froze all of the laws of creation for one people to fight a battle oh my god what a god we serve hallelujah lord thank you and the lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends all <laughs> oh, humanity God is going to release this coronavirus whenever the purpose that he sent it for is accomplished let us be humble as a people Can let us not walk in arrogance Can think that we can do anything and there's not a God because even though some people think it's an evil thing it's still not the end it's still merciful it could be a lot worse hallelujah Lord And God is going to turn the captivity of it. They say also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So number one, your number one attitude is to endure hardness as a good soldier. Until God releases the captivity of this environment that we're living in. And number two, take courage in your heart and know that there is another side to this thing. That this is not the way the scriptures say it's going to end. So be smart, be intelligent, get through it. Ask God to keep you. But also know that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. One scripture that says his ways are past finding out. Hallelujah, Lord God. So God, I pray, God, have your way. Be Be merciful, God. Be merciful, God. Be merciful, God be merciful God hallelujah Lord hallelujah 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 Lord as we get ready and what that is doing is showing complete reverence to God and acknowledging his power and his sovereignty even when you don't understand he's still in control Even when you don't get it, he's still working. Even if he hasn't revealed to you what he's doing, he's still doing it. Even though it's not entered into your mind, the reason and the rationale behind it, that doesn't mean the scriptures say, He that keepeth Israel does not slumber, neither does he sleep. Everything that's happening is because God has allowed it to be so. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in this time of hardness, let me leave you with this. Remember the apostle John, praise God. Remember this. Remember this. Remember this. Because to everything, whatever God brings us through, there's a reason and a purpose behind it. When John the apostle was dipped in that oil to be killed, it was because of the fate that he had in Christ and humanity those that opposed John they felt like it was their duty to destroy John but how many of you know nobody can destroy you if God is not finished with you amen so when they found that John came up out of this oil according to history unscathed they sent him to the Isle of Patmos and left him to die and just like that angel came to Paul on that ocean when he was by himself John say he looked up and he was caught up in the spirit and he saw an angel coming down out of heaven and what happened as John was being put up on his aisle God orchestrated for John to be put in a position of isolation because the information that God was getting ready to give John he couldn't get it while he was going about his normal everyday life hallelujah some information is too heavy for you to get while you're trying to get your kids ready for school and while you're running to work and while you running a business so sometimes God has to shut you down because of the assignment that he has given you sometimes God has to shut you down so he can download things in your spirit hallelujah and when John got to that island that angel came down and he began to look at that angel how he was adorned looking just like Jesus and the Bible says that, G- that angel began to tell him that he got a revelation to give him for the whole church world to receive. And that book was so important that he could, he, we are still drawing off of the revelation that John had. Sometimes the revelation that's coming to you is going to be so powerful that it's going to live throughout generations after you're gone. And you can't get that kind of revelation in five minutes, in ten minutes, in an hour. Sometimes it takes days for God to download into you what he want to put on the inside of you. A generational revelation can't come in five minutes. Cultural shift in revelation. Shift in knowledge. Information that can shift the society. Information that can shift the culture you can't get that sometimes in your normal routine. God has to slow you down so he can download into you. How do you know he did it for Paul? When Paul came to Christ, God had to send him into the desert to give him insight into the mystery of the faith. He did it for Moses. He had to take him up into the mountain for 40 days to give him revelation to bring back to to instruct that society. So don't let this time to be wasted. What saying, God? What are you trying to speak to me? What information are you trying to download to me in this season? Don't miss this season. What I'm getting, what God is trying to give you, because you could be one getting information to shift generations. Praise God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let us stand as we get ready to go. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I hope y'all don't mind. I want to see y'all again for another week. I just want some worship. Amen. That sounds so good, Lord. Whoever you are, I'm going to ask that you just close your eyes and lift up your hands. Amen. Let us just lift up our hands and worship for us just for a little while. Amen. It sounds so beautiful. Hallelujah, Lord God. We just worship you like Job did. We worship you like Job did. <laughs> we worship your Lord come on church all over the house and all over the stream let us just spend a few minutes in just pure worship think about the goodness of God, think about how he has kept you, how he has kept your family, how he has kept you with food on the table, how he has kept you with income, how he has kept your children, how he has kept your families, how he has kept your automobiles, how he has kept a roof over your head we worship you, Lord. Thank you for keeping my health. Thank you for the health of my wife. Thank you for the health of my daughter. Thank you for the health of my son. Thank you for providing for me and my family. God, for it is you that has provided and not we ourselves. Thank you for health and strength. Thank you for courtesy, automotive, brute that... God provided a place for me to go to make income. Thank you for Lafayette Parish school board. God that kept the doors open for my wife to make income. Thank you for keeping us, God, with food on the table. Thank you for Ashley Furniture God, so that my son can go and work to provide for himself. God, thank you for blessing my daughter. God, with Spirit of Faith Christian Center to have employment To provide, thank you for blessing Keith. God with work, God, with income, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 God, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. Come on, thank him. Come on, thank him. Father, we thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I thank you, God. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Come on, saints. Come on, saints. Let us thank him. Give us the right mind, God, to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, God. let our worship be real God let our worship travel beyond church let our worship not be conditional let our worship God not be predicated on our lot in life come on church thank him come on come on save savior the presence of God hallelujah Worship your God. Father, on Father's Day, I thank you for being a father. I thank you for being a wonderful provider, a protector, a buckler, a shield, a pavilion, a shelter in time of storm, a very present help in time of trouble, a healer, a friend, a savior, a provider. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. <laughs> and Father, forgive us of our sin, God. God, if we committed any sin, God, this week. God, if any believer charged you foolishly, have mercy. God, for sometimes, God, we don't understand. God, sometimes we get weak along the way. God, sometimes the battle gets strong, And sometimes we buckle, we will to forgive us. Sometimes we let the pressures of sin pull us back. We repent today. We apologize because you've been a sovereign God you've been a good God you've been a merciful God you've been a wonderful God we thank you oh God just a few more moments amen just a few more moments y'all just worship with me I'm just enjoying the presence of God I'm just enjoying the presence of the Lord right now hallelujah Lord Ardebo Santi and Ardebo Mamas and the Arde Bobamas. And Father, pour out of your spirit. Go out of your precious Holy Ghost. Let the precious Holy Ghost of God. Let the precious Holy Ghost of God. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on us, God. That we may be clean. Breathe on us, God. Breathe upon us, God. Abundantly pardon our sins abundantly part and father because you're rich in mercy let compassion touch your heart for this earth God release a vaccine, release healing release wisdom release insight heal the land father you said if your people would humble themselves and pray that you would forgive their sin and you would heal the land. God, the land is sick, God. God, the land is infested, God. God, not only with a virus, but with hatred. There's a spiritual disease in the land as well, God. There's a physical disease, but there's also a spiritual disease. Hatred and injustice and racism, God that's diseases at the heart of men God. God heal it oh God through your word to raise up preachers to preach and cry out against hatred and injustice and racism that will speak the truth of your word because only the word of God can change the heart of man God. Laws can't change the heart for men can put people in jail and keep them away from one another. But only the word of the Lord can change the heart and the thought process of another human. We need your word. Send your word, God. And heal the land. God, I thank you for today, God. God, I'm grateful to be in your house with my wonderful brothers and sisters. And all of those that are watching us online. Bless them, oh God, and keep them. Keep their families and keep them healthy. God, put a hedge of protection around the people of God and keep us as we endure this season of hardness. as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's read our benediction and we're going to go. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. As we're getting ready to be dismissed, Numbers chapter 6. Amen. Y'all ready? And y'all can read it with us online. Y'all know our benediction. One, two, three. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. God bless you. And the last thing, you have to tell people about it or they won't know about it. Praise God. So let your family and friends know that Jesus is still Lord and he want to forgive their sin and save their soul. Amen. God bless you. I love you dearly. Keep me in prayer as I keep you guys in prayer. God bless you.